What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I'm your host, Olin, aka MMA Anomaly. With me, as usual, is the co-host with the most, Jive Turkey Nano. Uh, we got a lot to go over today, man. We uh, we've been out for a little bit. I just got back from my first time leaving the country. We Let's made go. it back safely in one piece. Um, but before we jump into what we're going over today, how we doing? How we doing, Jive? I'm doing great, brother. Great to see you all, and happy Fighters Friday. For all you five fans out there showing some love, changing it up. Thank you all for the patience. But you know what? It was for a good cause. We were gone because Olin hit that reset, man, was escaping in paradise. I was living vicariously through you and Mary there uh, and and Mama Bear. So super excited, man, to be back. But, uh, man, it's we've missed out on some big news, man. Good fight car coming up here in Paris. Uh, first time debuting a lot oui. of the fighters out there. Different uh, part of the world. First Singapore. Now Paris. Uh, after, you know, a Boston freaking massacre, you can call it. Uh, but no, brother, I'm excited, ready to jump in, man. Awesome, awesome. Same. Yeah, um, like you said, definitely an exciting fight card coming up here in Paris. Um, I mean, it is a little bit watered down. I, I'd be lying if I said that it was a 10 out of 10. Even an 8 out of 10 would be a big stretch. Um, you know, if if you wanted me to give you a, a 1 out of 10 score on this card, and you know me, I, I'm, a, I'm a diehard fight fan. But I also call a spade a spade. This is like a hard five. This is like a five out of ten card. Um, there are some fights that I'm very excited about, very intrigued about. But, I mean, that's not to say that this is a fantastic card top to bottom. There are definitely some builder names on here, and you can tell that they threw some local yokels on there, you know, and that's okay. Uh, but before we jump into that, we would be remiss if we skipped over what we missed out on last weekend. UFC Singapore. Um, we'll go ahead and start from the bottom here. We're, we're not going to go through every single fight. As I usually say, we're not going to drag you through the mud folks, but we got to go over some of these fights. Um, before I jump into it, I got to call out loving the stash. Nano. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I can call this my, my draft stash in honor of fantasy football season upon us. Um, you know, the drive Turkey podcast is a, a little bit of a delayed start here, but Hey, we got to lock in on the, the task at hand and that's getting through these Fantasy football drafts that I have coming up. I have six this upcoming weekend, or or I've already had a couple. Your boys dialed in, but that's why the stash needed to come out, man. I'm feeling a uh, change of pace, you know. <clears throat> oh, losing my voice here as well. <laughs> already I'm a little rusty, man. A couple weeks ago, and I'm losing my voice now. Come on, uh, but yeah, man. I thought I switch it up. You know why not? I know we're usually the beard boys, and I might be growing it back at some point here. But in honor of the season, man, just shaking, chucking, and jiving out here. It's stash season, baby can't go wrong with little lasso action brother i don't hate it absolutely um, we believe we believe we believe baby uh <laughs> we might have to might have to save a little segment of time here at the end so we can ask you about your picks and who you're most excited about so far that you've drafted absolutely um, so moving into ufc singapore we will start at the bottom of the card here chitty in chukwani aka chitty chitty bang bang coming in against mikhail olechechik this fight was an absolute banger for as long as it lasted which was four minutes and 16 seconds to be exact. Uh, Chitty showed power in both his hands as well as his horrifying leg kicks early on. But Mikhail proved to be carved of something different, folks. He weathered the storm early on and began landing big shots of his own, too. Uh, I mean, he ultimately ended up getting the TKO finish in the first round. As I said, four minutes and 16 seconds in. Um, I mean, this was truly what happens when an immovable object's uh, meets an unstoppable force. 
One was you hit the nail break. on the head. I mean, hey, not much I need to add, just a little extra color. I mean, yeah, hey, shout out Michael Lowe. He had a great performance there. I think we were leaning Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, maybe because of the name, but also we I, felt I the diversity. Mikkel. I said Mikkel. Yeah. You were right about it. You were right about it. <laughs> he's talented as all hell, man. I mean, he's he's a great he's a great kid at 20 years old. For some reason, anybody that's my oh. age, I almost feel like I'm rooting for him internally. Want to see them do good and continue to get better. And that's all he's been doing, man. Little by little, chipping away. You know, he's he's had some bumps along the road there. Obviously, avenging his most recent loss and submission uh, loss to uh, Cow or Chow Barajo. Uh, another stud in the division and really the, there now he's back in that range right i mean t- looking at the top 15 knocking on the door knock knock knocking on that door uh would love to see you know or hear your thoughts on what might be next for him if we have anybody but there is a name here in the division that is just coming off a win as well that would be kind of fun floating in that top 15 to top 20 range i mean uh curious to hear your name but i i got some in mind who you got let's hear it i mean and and granted he just beat or uh, I should say sent a, a legend into retirement here, showing a veracity of leg kicks, showing just an all-around great performance. I'm talking about our boy Brad Tavares. I don't I know knew if you were going to say that name, and I'm not mad at it. I think Brad Tavares versus uh, Mikel would be a really, really fun fight. And I honestly think um, I'd lean Mikel again. It's one of those things. I mean, maybe it's someone that can uh, fight for a, a ticket to hopefully yeah. stamp their way into that top 15 or get a matchup there. Brad Tavares has been around for a while. Honestly, if he were to get somebody in that top 10 to 15 range, I really wouldn't be mad because I do think he deserves that. Uh, but Michael Lowe, man, I mean, he's shown that he's, he's uh, talented and, and he deserves that chance to uh, get a crack. The guy's a beast. Think, he's an absolute stud. I, and again, I actually had the same name down. I think Brad Tavares makes the most sense out of anybody in the vision. Like you said, he's coming off of a win and they they both I, f- I feel like neither of them are like household names. They're not Max Holloway's, right? They're not Chris Weidman's even. But they're two guys that are both coming off of a notable win <clears throat> against pretty notable folks. And uh, I think that they're kind of matching up with each other's trajectory in their careers at the perfect time. Um, and I also think that it's a winnable fight for both men, which makes it a fun fight for both men. Absolutely. We love a good toss up. We love a good competitive bout guys that are going north, trending in the right direction that that have a lot at stake. Right. And they're trying to move the needle forward. Let's see it. Absolutely. Uh, Moving into the next one, we had Junior Taffa coming in against Parker Porter. Um, I'll let you take the lead on this one, brother. I mean, man, this was a fun one. And and granted, I mean, these fights were uh, at the crack of dawn, you can say, or uh, I guess. If you were in Singapore, it was you know just fine for for y'all over there in that side of the world. But I mean, I was in Rome, to, uh, and uh, it was you know it was like eleven a.m., so it wasn't so bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I mean, hey, not so bad, not too shabby. Makes it easier for you as a, ca- a casual or someone that is well, end of the fights get to just watch it on your own accord. Uh, so got my popcorn ready, got to be able to sit down and uh, look forward to this Junior Taffa Pakaporta fight. Uh, Porter Tafa too. And, um, well, it was deja vu that happened because, uh, Junior Tafa didn't need much time. Took about a minute and a half for him to just go in there and do exactly as my buddy Olin is, uh, showcasing here for you audio listeners. Grabbing Pacaporta by the head, getting in a little bit of that Muay Thai clinch, a little dirty boxing, some uppercuts, some, uh, shots over the top. And it's just too much for Pacaporta, man. Junior Tafa, though, welcome. Welcome here to the uh, heavyweight division, man. As long as you don't get uh, lined up with your brother, hopefully we can uh, see you continue to make a climb to the top. But what were your thoughts on it, brother? Love to hear your breakdown. 
Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not too proud to admit when I'm wrong, and uh, I was certainly wrong. I was certainly wrong. I thought that Parker Porter was going to come out here and get it done, but fuck, man, Junior Taffa has bombs for hands. Clinches and uppercuts and hooks. Oh, my. This man put it on Parker Porter. The craziest thing is I, I've seen Parker Porter go the distance with bigger guys and, and not really look that worse for wear, you know, but it only took this young man 11 shots, 11 strikes to seal the deal. And those 11 strikes only took one minute and 24 seconds. I mean, less than a minute and a half and he gets it done. He seals the deal against Parker Porter. Um, look, I'm never going to not bet Parker Porter. Okay. It doesn't matter if he's up against the fucking, you know, um, a God from Mount Olympus. I'm still, I'm still back at my guy. Uh, but I'll, I'll probably slip a, a junior Taffa slip in there. Next time I see that guy on a fight card, for sure. He, he made it look easy. The clinch work was beautiful. Double tie clinch. Let's go with one hand. Greco Roman style, just dirty boxing in the pocket. Hit him with two nasty uppercuts from the same side. Right after that, you got to think Parker Porter was ringing his bells or, or had his bells ring, so to speak. Um, and then he just, you know, tried to tuck his chin in. And as soon as he tucked his chin in, the man, he, he came right around the side with a little hook shot for him and put him down for his troubles. I think that, uh, you know, some people might say uh, Parker Porter could have continued to fight. But I think that he was definitely saved from absorbing more damage. It would have been more of the same from the top position for a junior Taffa. And I, I don't think you should rush junior Taffa into a top 10 necessarily. But beating Parker Porter, who has fought top 10s, um, you know, maybe maybe give that Icarus effect to him. See what happens when you get him that close to the sun. I, I mean, he obviously has power in his hands. And um, I'm here for it. I'm here to see what's next for him. Did you have any names on the tip of your tongue for him? Not necessarily. I mean, that heavyweight division, it, it's tough to, you know, I mean, I guess anybody, right? Anybody that's healthy. It's a flat division, yeah. It's a flat division. You know, there are a few names. Obviously, we're talking about the main event that is in the heavyweight class as well. Um, but anybody, right? Anybody that's in that range or, um, frankly, like I said, that's healthy, that um, is willing to go out there and bang. But not a lot of people may be answering the call because these guys are legit, man. Working with Mark Hunt and those boys, um, they're they're legit, man. Do you have anybody in mind? I don't. I, I mean, I literally just put top 10 question mark. at the end of the <laughs> I mean, he's there, right? Like I, like you mentioned, I mean, it's it's sort of top heavy, we can say. Yep. You know, the top five has always been pretty much there. Um, but anybody in the top 10 or floating around that's, again, healthy, that, um, you know, the stars can align, I'd, I'd love to see it. Absolutely. And, and folks, uh, those of you that are listening, whether you're audio, just audio listening or you're watching right now live on YouTube or Twitch, um, when I say it's a flat division, I'm not insulting the division. I'm not insulting the fighters in the division. I think it's full of actual stacked talent, if I'm being completely honest. But when I say flat division, I mean, it's kind of like Louisiana and the fact that you can look forward and see for miles, right? You can see your next destination pretty easily. Whereas here in California, there's hills every damn where. So you look and you're like, well, I should probably pull out GPS because I can't see over this hill. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know how I'm going to get there. And that's how it seems to be in your bantamweights, your lightweights. If if you're number 20 and you get a notable win, I mean, if you're looking for the championship route, there's a lot of hills. You're going to have to look it up on GPS. You're going to have a manager help you. You're going to have a, a, a pretty long path. But in heavyweight, if you get a notable win like this in a minute and 24 seconds, it's a flat path, right? Like you can, you can basically see the top five right over the horizon. You're like, oh, I, I, I could beat that guy. I could probably knock that guy out. Um, I can take a crack at him. So, I mean, it, again, I'm not insulting the division by any means, by any way, shape, or form. 
Uh, I just, I think that for somebody like a junior Tafa, you go out there and you beat somebody up in a minute and a half who's gone the distance with bigger names than you. Pretty easy to get yourself into a top 10 fight after that. And then if you make, if you make it look that easy over a top 10, well, it's not crazy to think that maybe you're fighting the loser of a Sergey Spivak versus uh, surreal Ghana. So we call making a statement. It's called making a jump. That's it, man. We've seen it happen before. Crazier, crazier things have happened. But um, yeah, I'd love to see it. Spice up the heavyweight division. Get some new names, some fresh faces in there. Let's see what let's see what happens. Absolutely. Uh, jumping jumping on up the fight card here. We're like I said, going to do a little bit of skipping around. Don't want to go over the entire fight card. Um, we do want to talk about a couple of different topics here. Mainly this upcoming fight card, the main three fights that we're excited about, as well as our bet versus bet. And, of course, EA UFC 5. We had a teaser trailer finally drop. We got some news on it. You know we want to break that down a little bit and kind of go into those juicy details. So, moving forward into this fight card, we had Aaron Blanchfield coming in against Tyler Santos. I'll go ahead and take the lead on this one and pass it off to the co-host with the most. So, I mean, this, let, let's just call a spade a spade here, guys. This was not the most exciting fight in the world. It's kind of a grindy, windy decision win for Aaron Blanchfield, who, again, continues to prove that she is 100% a threat to everyone in this division. She might not always get the finish. And again, she might not be the most exciting fighter on the roster, but you should definitely have her on your radar and you should definitely have her on your DraftKings moving forward. Um, I, I mean, there are no names that I have on the tip of my tongue other than a top three opponent. You can't not give her somebody in the top three. Maybe let her hold out for a championship fight after this. What'd you think of the fight? And what do you think's next, Nano? Yeah, I agree with you. A little bit more on the uh, not as exciting uh, side as you would like. I definitely agree with you there. Uh, both women did, you know, find a way to throw over 200 strikes. Uh, Aaron Blanchfield landing more at 119 in comparison to Tyler's 96. Again, this is just total strikes in general. Um, but I do think, you know, ripping the body, going uh, to the leg kicks as well. Um, well, excuse me, countering off the leg kicks. And Aaron Blanchfield here, and then being able to capitalize, take her down to the ground, utilize that control time over eight minutes. I mean, that's phenomenal, right? In a 15-minute fight, that's over half of it. Just her in control, her in a dominant position, and Tyler not being able to do much with it. And that's exactly opposite of what I thought was going to happen. I'll, uh, you know, we could keep the receipts. I will keep it 100 with y'all, as the kids are saying. And um, yeah, I mean, I was wrong. I, I thought Tyler was going to be more strong. I thought she was going to maybe even have an uh, intimidation factor here, but that was not the case. Aaron looked right through her, cool, calm, collected. This young woman is is ready for a title shot. I think you're absolutely right there. I don't think there is any favors for her to try to take a take down another top five contender, right? I mean, Tyler was right there knocking on the door. She has a really close edge loss to Valentina. So whether Valentina wins, there's a storyline there, or if Alexa wins, then this is a great just well-rounded battle between two of the baddest women at that weight class right now, which is stacked. Um, especially if Manon Fior gets a win here, then sheesh, then, I mean, she's in that conversation as well over a thug Rose, but then she is in the conversation too. So a lot of exciting, some new faces definitely for uh, Aaron. But if I'm her, I think because that title match is coming up really soon with Alexa Grasso and, and Valentina Shevchenko that maybe you want to wait out and, or at least just be ready, maybe be the backup to kind of let, the UFC know, hey, I'm my my hat is in the ring here, and I'm ready. Love to see it. She'd be the youngest champ. I think she's what 26 or 27. She's she's man, super young, man. Talented she's as fresh. all hell, man. Talented as all hell. We'd we'll love to see it. 
definitely a, a huge talent and very young talent. Um, she's 24. Jeez, my geez, my bad. My Making gosh. her look like an old woman. She's 24. Dude, <laughs> 24. She's literally a child in this thing. Crazy. Crazy. And just got a dominant win over a grown woman, over a talented woman. Someone that might have, could have been the champ. She got one of the three judges to believe that. So that's um, that's exciting stuff in the division love there. To see it. You love to see it. Um, and moving into the Coco main event, uh, we had Giga Chikadze coming in against Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres. Man, Giga, the Giga kick just comes from all angles, doesn't it, man? Um, to all areas as well. Giga Chikadze broke Alex Caceres' arm in the very first round while Alex was using said arm to block a head kick. That is how strong Giga's kicks are. And that's a terrifying thing to think about. Um, that's why he's always a threat. That's why he's always a threat from every angle. And I mean, Alex after this showed massive heart battling through the rest of the fight, obviously with one arm. But alas, heart isn't enough to win fights. Even with one arm, though, I mean, it was 62 to 65 strikes landed and, and 62 to 65 significant strikes landed, too. So with one arm, he only lost by three strikes. But I mean, if you're watching this fight, the numbers tell a different story than the actual fight. You could tell that Giga was landing the bigger, stronger shots throughout the entirety of the fight. Um, Alex is just a true warrior and he's not someone that even knows what the word quit means, I think. And it showed across this entire fight. Um, I was here for it. I love the fight, and I thought it was a really stellar win for Giga, and it's on to the next one. Uh, great way to dust himself off after a recent loss and move right back into the top 10 conversation, in my opinion. Facts, brother. Facts. I mean, I don't really need to say much more. I know we got a, a jam-packed uh, episode today, but yeah, man, you're absolutely right. I mean, sh shout out. Alex Caceres, man. Bruce Leroy, absolute legend. Talk about going out on your shield, getting injured like that, still pushing through, still making it look like you had a fighter's chance against a tough Giga Chikidze, right? I mean, this guy is ranked eighth overall now. There are only a few names in front of him. I mean, maybe a Calvin Cater. Haven't heard him in a while. Josh Emmett coming off some losses. What's going to happen with him in his career? And then you're looking at Ilya Tapora, right? And I mean, that's someone who is in the conversation for a title bout. So... Outside of that, or Arnold Allen, or maybe a Brian Ortega, two kind of older veterans there, uh, would be a big jump for Giga. But, man, a lot of exciting names, and uh, put himself in a really great position after that win. I wouldn't be mad at an Arnold Allen fight for... There sure. we go. That's fun. That's Not fun good fight. for Giga, but... Or Giga, but, man, fun one. It'd be a fun, it'd be a fun fan fight for sure. Um, so, moving into the next one, Anthony Smith versus Ryan Spann. Um, Anthony Smith, I mean, what else is there to say other than the fact that he proved he still got it? Uh, he belongs in the top 10. Maybe not the top five, but definitely the top 10. Uh, Ryan Spann seemed shocked at the decision as it was read. Uh, would love for you guys to let us know in the chat what your thoughts were on this one. Did you think the judges got it right? Did you think the judges got it wrong? Uh, I mean, looking at the strikes, I, I thought it was pretty clear cut. Looking at the takedowns, I thought it was pretty clear cut. You had 0 for 1 on takedowns for Ryan Spann, 1 for 3 for takedowns on uh, for Anthony Smith. 91 shots landed for Anthony Smith versus 59 significant strikes landed for Ryan Spann. I mean, pretty clear cut if you ask me. I mean, maybe in that last round, Spann was trying to, to really pepper him in with those kicks, I think. But I, I thought Smith did just enough to win the fight. Yeah, man. Like you mentioned, I think looking at just the numbers is not always the best way to judge a fight. You got to use your eyeballs. You got to put two and two together. There's context. There's three rounds. There's nuances, right? And I do think that I, I agree with you. I felt like it was close at times. I felt like uh, although 
Ryan Spann was the more busy fighter, although you'd, you would think that being busier to the judges' eyes would maybe give you the optics that you won, especially when the strikes are as close as they were. Maybe that's where he was thinking. Maybe that's where his coaches are probably pumping him up. Hey, man, just keep peppering him. Keep peppering him. You're scoring. You're scoring. You hear that a lot. Um, you know, and that's where, again, someone like Anthony Smith, who's just a grizzled veteran, man, this guy, Lionheart. I mean, the IQ is off the charts. Um, I don't care what Alex Poetan Paeta said about him, whether he's a old middle of the road, uh, n- nothing accomplished veteran or whatever he had to say. I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically didn't have nice things to say. Did not have nice things to say about our boy, Anthony Smith, um, over due to that, maybe lackluster win, which again, you could argue it was fun. It was not, you know, memorable, not fight of the year. They all can't be right. Um, you know, especially when you're seeing a fighter that has to rematch against somebody, it's either going to be fireworks or, hey, they kind of already know each other that well. They spent that much time together. going to end up being what it was, right? So, again, yeah, I mean, hey, Anthony Smith proved his, his point that he's still somebody to be reckoned with. Um, a staple in the division. I mean, I'd be curious to see what's next for him. Again, not a lot of names up there above him. Um, I mean, losing to Johnny Walker again. I mean, maybe Kreloff. I'm going to see if he quickly has... Who does also have a win over Span? I mean, maybe you, maybe you run that one. Both have over 30 wins. Both have like 40, 50 fights in their career. That's a fun one. What do you think, brother? I mean, I, I agree with everything you're saying, if I'm being honest. Uh, again, you got to use your eyes in these ones, guys. Like, And these are judged based on rounds as well. Like Anthony Smith won in, in the entirety of the fight, but he also won round to round. Like the closest round on the by the numbers as far as round to round scoring was round two. That was twenty two to twenty two on strikes landed, uh, but but even then, you know Ryan Span did end up having more control time. That would be the only round that I would actually give Ryan Span. Other than that, you had forty five to twenty seven strikes landed, and you had twenty four to ten strikes landed in the first round with forty five seconds of control time for Anthony Smith and none for Ryan Span. Um, pretty clear cut win in my opinion. I I don't understand the the robbery talk I heard online across the weekend. But alas, what the hell did I care? I was in Rome. Um, so, uh, you know, what do I think should be next for Anthony Smith? I, I don't know. I don't want to see him get pole vaulted into the top five again because I don't know if it's the best decision for him. I uh, I think it could prove to be a bad decision for him. I think he could prove to end up getting hurt again there, maybe lose some teeth again, and I don't want to see that. Um, that being said, you also don't want to use him as a gatekeeper between five and ten. So if if he's staying in this game and he really wants to go for another title shot, give him number five, give him number four. Let's see what happens. But realistically, it's it's going to be tough pickings for him. Uh, pack a lunch. This division is not getting any easier. There's a lot of young kids coming up in it, and uh, he's on the wrong side of that equation here lately. But, I mean, there's obviously a, the old dog has still got bark in there, and I'm here for it every time. Absolutely. I'm here for it as well, brother. You threw out numbers four, numbers five, which I wouldn't disagree. I mean, you're looking at a Alexander Rakic in um, five and then Jan Blahovic at four. And Again, I think both of those fights are fun fights for him. They are fun fights. They are fun fights. Why do I feel like, oh, okay, they have fought before. Um, Anthony Smith and Rakic go back in, uh, during the COVID days. August of 2020, they fought. So maybe Lionheart's looking to uh, avenge uh, a loss. Get back. There, get that one back. And then if, if you don't get it, if you can't beat someone in the top five or, you know, 
make a uh, push to the title again, then yeah, maybe you just get back in the booth there and call it a good career. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad thing to get back in the booth. And honestly, like he's got a good thing going with Michael Bisping with the Believe You Me podcast. Shout out Believe You Me. Fantastic Shout show. Out. Love Shout to get out. him to listen. Um, but yeah, man, it might, it might be time to just hang him up if if that is the situation. Um, but again, it was, a, it was a fun fight, kind of a grindy fight, but I'm here for it. Anthony Smith, I thought, did what he needed to do. And um, on to the next one. Ryan Spann, back to the drawing board, has some things to work on. More than anything, I think his fight IQ is what really needs sharpening. Um, shot selection, timing, different things like that, because he's got the power. He's got the speed. It's just a matter of working on, you know, fight IQ and, and possibly cardio as well. Agreed. Um, moving into the last fight of Saturday evening, um, we're going to go ahead and just switch switch pace here a little bit. There we go. This feels better. This feels right. So, we have a bittersweet topic to discuss, folks. The retirement of one of the most entertaining fighters in mixed martial arts history, Chan Sung Jung, also known as the Korean Zombie. The Korean Zombie has been a fan favorite for many years, known for his relentless fighting style and incredible heart inside the cage. But after a recent defeat to Max Holloway, has decided to hang up his gloves and call it a career. Now, Listen with me and walk with me as we virtually and audibly take a closer look at his journey, his decision to retire, and the legacy he leaves behind in mixed martial arts. Chan Sung Jung burst onto the scene in the UFC back in 2011 with a spectacular seven-second knockout over Mark Hominick. From that moment on, he became known for his fearless approach to fighting, always pushing the pace and never shying away from a brawl. Throughout his career, Jung delivered some of the most unforgettable moments in MMA history, including his epic battle with Leonard Garcia, in which he pulled off the first ever twister in UFC history. He was not just a fighter. He was an entertainer, always willing to put on a show for the fans, moving forward with unrelenting pressure, even if that meant eating shots. But despite the thrills and triumphs, every fighter faces the inevitable moment when they must decide to hang up the gloves. For Chan Sung Jung, that moment came shortly after a recent defeat to Max Holloway. In his retirement announcement, he mentioned that he felt it was time to move on and focus on the other aspects of his life. He expressed his gratitude to the fans, his coaches, and his team for the incredible journey he's had in the sport. It's always a somber moment when a fighter decides to retire, especially one as beloved as the Korean Zombie. However, it's essential to remember the incredible legacy that he leaves behind and know that his fighting spirit and exciting style of combat have left a lasting mark on the sport of MMA that will never be forgotten. Chan Sung Jung, thank you for the memories. I'm giving a moment here for King Jung. Korean zombie. Zombie, zombie. Man, what an, what an exit. What a legendary song, legendary fighter. Gave us some absolute exciting performances over the year, man. I don't even want to say much. I mean, we just got to leave it at that. Um, what, would, what would you call that? Soliloquy or your uh, <laughs> your awesome little speech here, man? That was phenomenal. Not much else to say, man. Legend, hopefully a Hall of Famer. And um, man, great performance by Max, too. Not to switch gears, but sheesh. Yeah, just uh, before we before we talked about Max, I had to give uh, Chan Sung Jung his roses, man. 
He yeah. deserves it. He put on Legend. a hell of a career. I mean, he the, the fight with Dustin Poirier, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. Like he, he beat he beat my boy. And um fuck, it was a back and forth brawl. He again, he ate those shots from DP and I mean, he moved forward like a zombie. He was really a zombie, man. Um, he earned that name, absolutely. He earned that name. He earned it in blood, sweat, tears, and and hard work, man. Uh, that being said, we got to talk about Max Holloway. Max Holloway went out there and he did the damn thing. He landed about two to one in strikes. It was seventy-five to thirty-four significant strikes, seventy-five to thirty-five total strikes. I mean, these guys were throwing lead. Every single strike that landed just about was a significant strike, and Zombie just simply decided that he was going to go out on his shield or on his sword. Either way, he was going to go out there and he was going to bank. He was going to eat Max's best shots and he was going to continue moving forward. And there for a second, it looked like he might actually have his way with him. He was landing big, hard shots on Max. I was worried. Um, But again, Max proved why he's never been knocked down and you can never count him out. Um, The best is blessed. And the blessed express just made another stop. Facts, man. Facts. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It was a great back and forth fight. They were throwing everything at each other but the kitchen sink. And 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 when you're at this level and you're someone as talented as Korean Zombie, I don't care how old you are, uh, even Max too, man. I mean, you've seen him be able to take some shots and Max just continues to prove how freaking iron built this guy is, man. Built a vibranium or something. But uh, yeah, legendary performance, some fun exchanges in there. And then, yeah, obviously leading to Korean Zombie's uh, demise, which, again, I mean, is probably to be expected, especially if you're throwing any game plan out the window and you're just looking to try to put the try to put away a fighter like Max. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Too blessed. Never stressed. Uh, great podcast with Andrew Schultz and the boys there. Uh, Max Holloway had highly recommend checking out if you haven't. But, um, yeah, overall, just another you know feather in the cap of old Max Holloway here. A legend, one of my favorites, just inside, outside the octagon. You love everything he does. And now I think he just sits back, man, you know, chills, surfs, plays pranks on his wife. And then, you know, he waits until Volk gives him a call for uh, Volkanovsky. Would it be four, I believe? Why not? That's a that's a quadrilogy I think we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to see it. I mean, that's, that's depending it. That's on what Volk wants do. to do. Because I guess Volk hasn't made a decision yet formally, right? We don't know what's next for him. As of now, is that correct? Yeah, that's it. I mean, like, yeah. we don't know. So, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, Alex. Alex's next fight is against um, Ilya Taporia, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's they, what they were they, talking about. Okay. It's not confirmed. Okay, but in talks. Okay. I mean, realistically, like Max has beat Yair. Max has beat Brian Ortega. Max has beat Arnold Allen. Um, Ilya Taporia isn't going to want to fight Max. He's going to want to fight Alexander Volkanovsky. So he has effectively beat everybody other than himself in the top five. Uh, yes. So. Yeah, you just you sit back, you surf, you play video games, uh, Facebook gaming. Shout out Max Holloway's channel, and um, you know you you wait until you get another shot at Alexander Volkanovsky. Maybe go in there with a different game plan, and you know maybe you right the wrongs of the history. As Dustin Poirier says, you got twenty five minutes to make life fair. I love that. Yeah, twenty five minutes, man. I was actually watching this uh, documentary on Netflix or one of those untold stories, and it was on the Florida Gators and tim tebow and all those boys and one of his favorite my favorite lines from him that he has in there a lot of quotable little mantras that he has but he goes yeah we have 30 minutes for the rest of our life 30 minutes for the rest of our life let's go and that's what it is man 25 minutes 15 minutes for the rest of your life that's it i love it dude i like dustin poirier said that when he was going in against conor mcgregor for the, the first rematch and he's like i got 25 minutes to make life fair 
That's right. That's it. Life or death. And bro, that's that's it, dude. You Sheesh. got 25 minutes to make life. The chills. Let's go. Like, let's go, dude. Um, so I mean, that's it. And he, he maybe he can do it. Maybe he can. Um, that being said, UFC Singapore was definitely a lot more stacked than UFC Paris, but we are still gonna talk about UFC Paris just a little bit. Um again, not the not the craziest card in the world. We had a few cancellations, uh, but again, I'd be lying if I said the cancellations are the reason that it's a watered-down card. The cancellations are, you know, Volkan Ozdemir coming in against Azamat Mirzakhanov. Volkan Ozdemir is still on the fight card. He's going against Bogdan Guskov, who looks like uh, Anthony Smith if he laser-removed all of his tattoos. Um, and then other than that, I mean, Lucas Almeida coming in against William Gomez. That one got canceled. Again, William Gomez is still on the card. Uh, Yanis Gamori against Kaolan Lochren. That one uh, got canceled. But, uh, you know, again, I think one of these guys is still on the card anyway. So it's not a watered-down card because of that. Um, it's a watered-down card because sometimes this happens. The UFC, like people in sales, they have a quota to hit for ESPN. They have to put out a certain amount of cards every year, and this is a byproduct of that. Uh, the, the bad news is it's kind of watered-down, not a lot of household names. Good news is... If you're a degenerate like us who loves fighting, you'll probably watch it anyways. And uh, a year from now, the people who get flashy knockouts today or tomorrow, rather, will already know the names. We'll have them on our bet slips. We'll make that money. We'll reap those benefits because of days like tomorrow where we paid attention when no one else did. Um, That's facts. That's facts. And just my two cents there, like you mentioned in the beginning of the episode, you know, and you're seeing it a lot here in, in the UFC. If you don't notice these trends, or like you said, maybe you're casual, maybe you are fighting, you just don't really look at where these fighters are from. A lot of times, especially when they start going out of the United States, they're just in Singapore, for example. Now they're in Paris. What you're going to find, they're going to be going to uh, Australia pretty soon. What you're going to find is a lot of fighters from that hometown. They're going to try to stack these cards with local talent against anybody else that's in that region of the world. And that's why, again, you know, to us, maybe water down because, yeah, it's not a household name. Not someone maybe we've seen on the Ultimate Fighter or someone we've seen here at home on a prelim. Uh, but these are fighters that are hey looking to make a name for themselves, might have that hometown backing. And if you actually watch even just the ceremonial weigh-ins just to get a little taste or flavor, there's some good hatred out there. These uh, French, the the French here, I don't want to be too general, but I'll just say the fans there, and you know, they're all they're in Paris, so let's, you know, they're French. Uh, Francois, they were booing the heck out of any Irish or Italian fighter that went up there. It was really funny to see a lot of juice. One of the Irish fighters ended up flipping off of the crowd, which is pretty funny. Good little reaction. Oh, yeah. Uh, Walkman, <laughs> but, I believe. Yep, yep. But um, again, a lot of juice here local. There's going to be some fun moments. And um, again, I think it's because UFC is now global, right? There's a lot of talent that's out here in the world. So every time we're in a new country, it's because we're, and I say we, like I'm Dana White and the boys, but <laughs> Dana and the crew are uh, show, doing the best they can to showcase the local talent. And I'm glad that some of these guys were still able to find an opponent, even though they was on short notice. But there's a couple of those on here. So let's, let's uh, break it down now. Absolutely, absolutely. So we are, again, we're not going to go over the entire fight card. It's a pretty watered down one here. But uh, the top three fights are pretty damn exciting, in my opinion. Uh, we'll go ahead and start at the bottom there. So Benoit St. Denise coming in against Tiago Moises. Um, obviously, of the two names I just mentioned, Tiago Moises is definitely the one that you probably know. As Nano mentioned, uh, Benoit St. Denise is homegrown talent, right? Uh, he's from Paris, and that's why they have him on the card. That's why he's the Coco main event. 
Honestly, he'll get just as big of a pop as the main event, probably, from the crowd. And with with all due respect, he deserves it. He made his UFC debut all the way back October 30th of 2021. Not, not a long, long time ago, but it's worth mentioning that he came in on his debut against Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos. He lost a unanimous decision in a 15-minute fight to him and since then has come back and won three in a row, back to back to back. Don't call it a comeback. He's been here, folks. Uh, Nicholas Stoltz. Gabriel Miranda, and his most recent win coming over Ishmael Bonfim. One of them Bonfim boys. You know those guys are good. Um, he, he got it with a face crank. He didn't even get a choke. He face cranked him. Um, I, I mean, he, he just, he soldier boyed that hoe, dude. I mean, it was bad. Uh, Benoit St. Uh, Denise is a beast. However, he's coming in against an absolute stud from Brazil, Sao Paulo, Tiago Moises. Um, this man has gone against uh, the Alexander Hernandez's of the world, the Bobby Greens of the world, the Michael Johnsons. He's even fought all the way back in 2019 a Kurt the Hurt Hollapock. Sheesh. Um, back now. Um, you already know, man. He's fought Benil Dariush. He's fought Gladeson Curtis. He's fought all these different people, folks. He's even fought Islam Makachev. Um, Last but certainly not least. You oh know my goodness. What I'm uh, Tiago Moises, he, he's, he's had a who's who of people that he's fought, folks. So if Benoit St. Denise is able to come in here and the God of War is able to get this win over Tiago Moises, I mean, it would be monumental for his career. It would really be the beginning of something beautiful for the Frenchman. And I don't think it's far fetched to think that he could do it. The man has power. He's got two knockouts to his name, but his real strength comes in his submission threats. He's had two submissions since his first loss and debut in the UFC. One rear naked choke and one face crank. He doesn't even need to get his arm under the throat. He just needs to get his hands around a part of your body. And it doesn't feel good. And pretty soon after, you're either going to wake up, you're going to tap, or something's going to snap, folks. Because that's the way the game works. Nano, what are your thoughts on this fight? Sheesh. You're absolutely right, man. What a breakdown. Loved it, man. I'll do my best to add just a little extra color here. I'm going to start with the hometown kid, Benoit Saint-Denis. Uh, au revoir is, he, what he, is what he's going to be saying to Thiago Moises. Au revoir, Ricky Bobby. Uh, but Benoit, God of War, is a bad man. He's bad. Bad. No, in all seriousness, 27 years old, 11 and 1. Dude is an absolute savage, man. Dominant and impressive win over Ishmael Bonfim, which I am really high on the Bonfim brothers. I know you are as well. Uh, but this guy, Benoit, man, the local guy, grew up playing football, playing a little bit of rugby, uh, and along the way earned a black belt in judo, which uh, really complements his submission game here. Um, after that, taking his talents to the freaking Marine Corps and then becoming a French Army Special Forces member. I mean, what do I, what do I need to say? Dude's an absolute, absolute savage, okay? Mentally, physically, technically, he's... Uh, well, what we like to call around here, he's a dog, okay? He's a dog. He's got really good striking, good boxing for someone that has a lot of submissions and isn't known to be one. Great leg kicks. He throws with purpose. Uh, his judo-style wrestling, and although he's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, has nine submissions. Just an absolute dog. Come on. What more do you need to hear? Um, he's the bigger guy here against Thiago Moises. He will have two-and-a-half-inch reach advantage. Uh, and he does average about 3.8, almost four takedowns per fight in comparison to Tiago's 1.5 per fight. 
And like we've seen Tiago lose in the past, he has been stopped before, but also someone like Islam has been able to just get the best of him on the ground, just wrestle, fuck him, basically. Same with Benario Dariush, did the same exact thing to him. Uh, and these are big names. I mean, I don't want to discredit someone like Tiago Moises, who's only 28 uh, years old now. Uh, and again, at 26, was in there, squared off against Islam, took him four rounds, but just didn't have enough, right? So I think there is sort of that bar or that that leveler that you know we like to talk about here, that arbitrary line. And it does feel like, although Tiago Moises has been around the block, has a lot of you know good victories, some unfortunate losses here in the UFC, he's talented as all hell, and it's going to be the biggest challenge for Benoit that he's had so far. So... With that being said, I think it's going to be a great three-round fight. I do think Benoit is going to take the cake here, though. I think the damage, I think his ability to take it to the ground, and because Thiago's not going to want to make a mistake, because he knows if he does, uh, we know what's going to happen. Benoit's going to take it and snatch that arm or neck or whatever he gets. And um, yeah, I just think it'll be a, a coming-out party for the hometown kid in a stacked 155 division, man. I mean, there's so many fun things ahead of him. If he could come out and make a statement here, 29 years old, yeah, I'd love to see what's next for him, but dude looks good. I mean, he and he looks scary. I mean, again, he's a special forces guy. It's in his nature. He just looks at you and he makes me want to tap out. <laughs> so these are in my respect, man. I'm excited to see uh, Benoit put on a performance. Um, I mean, the fact that he's a special forces guy and his nickname is God of War, that's just double terrifying. I mean, Jesus. Like, let's just call a spade a spade here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think this is his his cake to take, as you as you so eloquently put it. I think he definitely takes the cake in this one. Uh, he's going to have the crowd on his side, and I think he's going to have a, a lot of other things on his side too. If I'm being completely honest and candid here, moving into the co-main event of the evening, we have Manon Fiol, the Beast, coming in against Thug Rose Rose Number Juniors. Um, look, I mean, there's a there's a lot of different ways that this fight can go. But again, let's jump into the people that are taking place in this fight. We have Thug Rose, who's looked somewhat like a shadow of her former self in recent years, um, especially notably in that Carla Esparza fight. I mean, what was she even doing for 25 minutes? She had 25 minutes to make life fair, and instead she used 25 minutes to put folks to sleep. Um, it was, I mean, there was just wasn't much of a fight there. Since then, she's taken some time off. Uh, that fight was over a year ago at this point. Meanwhile, across from her, Manon Fior has uh, done nothing but destroy people in the UFC. Since making her debut in UFC uh, on ESPN 20, Chiesa versus Magni, she made her debut against Victoria Leonardo back in 2021, and since then has actually racked up five wins. So she has a TKO win over Victoria Leonardo uh, via head kick, followed up by punches. She beat Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci via punches. She beat Mayra Bueno Silva. You might know her from popping uh, for taking steroids and just having a win over Holly Holmes. Um, she got a decision win over Jennifer Maya. She also got a decision win over Caitlin Chukagian, the ultimate gatekeeper herself. Manon is definitely someone to, to pay attention to. She's a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but more notably a black belt in karate. Her real prowess is on the feet, fast twitch movement. She's just incredible. I think this fight is the biggest mistake Rose Namajunas has made in her entire career. Going up to this weight class may not be a mistake. Going up to this weight class against Manon Fiora is a mistake. This is not the training wheels, okay? 
It's like she's never ridden a bicycle before and they put her on a fucking Kawasaki Ninja or something, bro. It just doesn't make sense. The math isn't mathing, okay? Uh, so, I mean, like, I just, I truly don't understand what the what the goal is in this fight. Uh, I mean, like, maybe Pat Barry convinced her to take this fight and, and, and just told her that he will be able to unlock some kind of predator instinct in her, pun intended. Um, but, I mean, I, I just, I don't see a whole lot of paths to victory for Rose Nama Jr.'s in this. Thug Rose is uh, going to need a hug, Rose, by the end of this fight. What are your thoughts, Nano? <laughs> have to go back. That Predator one took me a second. But uh, yes, <laughs> her, her coach slash lover, I'm curious to see what the game plan is on this one. Um, <laughs> this co-main event, man, this is a fun one. The fact that Thug Rose is an underdog here tells you everything you need to know about this fight. Manon, Feo, Manon. She is a freaking problem, dude. I mean, you put on the tape, you see any of those fights of the fighters that you mentioned here, and you're going to see a fierce fighter who just treats her opponents like sparring partners. Actually, that's man, that might be too generous. She treats them like just literal punching bags, like they're not uh, living, breathing mechanisms. Like she literally just throws everything into her strikes. Uh, and, and it's not only technically sound. I mean, like you said, a black belt in karate, I mean, she throws her feet in combinations and in flurries, no telegraphing better than some people throw their punches like a jab. I mean, it's insane to see those sidekicks, the variety and the ferocity that she has behind her, her uh, strikes lightning quick. It feels like she has cinder blocks in her hands. At least that's how it looks after she starts to connect on these women. You know, uh, that list you mentioned some, you know, one of them took the fight on short notice. It might've been Buena Silva, but regardless of that, or even Tabitha Ricci, I mean, great names in the division, but she just bulldozed right through them all, right? And this is, again, a, a tough, strong girl in a 125 division. And Thug Rose is going up 10 pounds, right? I mean, this is a lot of question marks surrounding my girl Thug Rose here. Uh, coming off a very, let's put it nicely, lackluster performance and loss uh, to lose the strawweight belt in the championship against Carla Esparza, who doesn't have it anymore um so will going up that weight division help her out it's only been about 10 months since that last fight so how much muscle mass can you get although that's not really thug Rose's style right she's a little bit more light on her feet uh tends to kill you with a thousand cuts versus just chopping your head off with one axe swing um so frankly the big question is what type of thug Rose are we going to see it's a million dollar question the odds are saying that we're going to see a smaller Maybe not as strong fighter in there. Maybe not as motivated. But I, man, I'm just I can't can't bet against my girl Thug Rose, right? Although Manon is two inches taller, it's going to be the same reach, so there's no difference there. Uh, Manon is a little bit taller; she has two inches of, of height, like I mentioned. So maybe the leg kicks can be something, but that's questionable. Um, Manon is a busy fighter. She averaged six and a half significant strikes landed per minute to Thug Rose's 3.6. Similar in accuracy from the two. So again, you're going to see a Manon who's a legitimate striker who can move forward and typically moves forward and bulldozes you. But if she needs to move backwards, she still has power in her hands and is very technical and can... I mean, this is going to be a striker's galore. I mean, we're going to see some fun leg strikes. We're going to see some good chest moves. And it's going to be you know 15 minutes of a puzzle match that I don't know who's... I truly don't know. It's a toss-up, right? I mean, the odds indicate that as well. My heart's going with my girl Thug Rose, though. I've seen her do it. I've seen her do it for a long time. I'm just hoping that this 10-pound weight uh, 
isn't too much, right? I mean, but Manon is strong and she is freaking good. And I think the winner here gets a crack at the title, right? And maybe that's why you, you launched Thug Rose. I mean, as much as I'd love to see Thug Rose get a quote unquote feeler or a tune up, I don't like saying tune up. That's disrespectful to these women. But hey, I mean, she only fights the best, right? She's only been in title fights. She's only fighting the top of the top. So this is the next best name, hometown kid. Scary. I don't know. This girl, no, man, when I watch her fights, I, I am just nothing but impressed. I think, wow, I could not take any of these shots. I would not want to try to game plan for this, right? And you mentioned her uh, coach slash lover there, Pat Barry. What is the game plan? And is Slug Rose going to execute on it? Who's going to execute the better game plan here? It's probably what it's going to boil down to. But, boy, it's going to be a fun 15 minutes, or at least as long as it lasts. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I think it's going to be a very, very fun fight for as long as it lasts. Uh, because I'm, you know, sales and marketing guy, I got to try and sell you on my pick just a little bit here. Uh, I know you're a diehard Thug Rose guy, big Thug Rose fan myself. Um, but but I got to tell you, there's something to behold when it comes to the people that, you know, um, our girl here, Manon, has beaten. I think, you know, uh, more often than not, when you look at the the fighter's resume, it really depends on when you got somebody. Did you get them at the end of their career? Did you get them when they were on the way down and you were on the way up? There was a lot of big names I just named, right? Did she get them all at the right time? Did she get them all on the way down? Um, but when you look at them, I mean, just just digging into the last four names that she's beaten. Um, Mayera Bueno Silva, since losing to Manon Fioro, is now on a four-fight win streak. Wu Yanan, Stephanie Egger, Lena Landsberg, Holly Holm. Fucking notable names, boys. Um, moving into the next one, Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci, since losing to Manon Fioro, is on a four-fight win streak. Maria Oliveira, Pollyanna Viana, Jessica Pene Pasta, and Jillian Robertson. Again, notable names, folks. Since losing to Manon Fior, Jennifer Maya is on a two-fight win streak. Mayra Moros and Casey O'Neill, the bad guy herself. I mean, again, come on. Like the, those yeah. those losses or those wins rather have aged extremely well. She beats them, and then all they do after that is win. So they beat everybody not named Manon Fior. Um, so I think it's going to be no different this Saturday. Tomorrow, I think the Beast gets it done, uh, and I think she sends Thug Rose to the farm in retirement, possibly. Oh no. I mean, she was one foot in, one foot out since this last fight, right? I mean, I guess that is not out of the out of the realm of possibility. I hate to say it. It sucks, yeah. you know. It's a it's a it's a bad but true part of this sport, you know. Especially if you've been watching this sport for more than five years, you get to pick favorites and then watch them all age out of the sport and get beat by the people that become your favorites uh, years from today. So it, it's sad but true, and man. This might be the year with the most UFC legend retirements. Father time is undefeated, but let's not misconstrue you listeners here. I mean, Manon is two years older. She's 33. Thug Rose is still only 31. She got in so young, right? We've seen her grow up here in the UFC. And like you mentioned, I mean, when you're in that, when you've already accomplished what you've accomplished and you do still have your youth or you still have, you know, your 30s ahead of you. Yeah, what is the motivation? Maybe it is to go up. Maybe it is to make a run and, hey, become a, a double belt champion or a two-weight division champ. That's awesome. You go out on top. 
you know, coast off into the sunset. Maybe that's best case scenario, right? But ain't no easy, ain't no easy bill, right? So is that her mo- true motivation? Is it that I want to prove I'm the best at two different weight classes? You know, maybe the weight cut or maybe just assign the bulk and, you know, take that next step as her body changes. Who knows, right? But the reality is this is, uh, man, I-, I wouldn't be surprised if Manon puts a clinic on thug rose like you said sends her off makes her realize you know what i have other opportunities ahead of me you know i can go ha- go ahead and do that which is awesome i mean you- you'd like to see them choose to fight not have to fight so her, she doesn't need to anymore and manon she's an absolute beast so I- i'm excited man it's gonna be a fun one might be a coming out party for uh this part of the world perry which we just don't see too often i mean gone came out of there and ganu as well not originally but fighting wise so might be a new cream of the crawl they uh creme de la creme creme de la creme <laughs> um yeah man i'm here for it I'm, I'm excited for it i i think it'll be a good fight but i do think that uh she's not gonna have an answer for the power that manon presents she's scary and she's she's scary she has a lot of power man yeah. Uh, speaking of a lot of power, we got to move into these heavy boys. Uh, coming in at over 500 pounds combined, we oh, have boy. Surreal Bongamin Ghana coming in against Sergey Polar Bears Bivak. Um, how do you how do you see this one going? I'll let you take the lead on this one. I have thoughts. I appreciate it, brother. I'll be brief here. Uh, the Polar Bear, yeah, we have a fun matchup here. Classic, and and you know I'm gonna oversimplify it here, but we got a classic mis- mixed martial arts clash here. The prolific striker, the the pretty kickboxer going in there and squaring off against uh, the dude that literally fights and is built like a polar bear, right? The uh, wrestling pedigree, the striker versus the wrestler, right? That's uh, the the classic ba- uh, matchup we have going on here. Can Sergey do what Nganu and John Jones were able to do to Sarogan? Or has Gan made the improvements in his wrestling and grappling, grappling defense to give him enough of ability to not just avoid the takedowns, but also to be able to get out of some of these compromised positions, right? And work back to a spot that is favorable for himself. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot to ask, right? We're talking about 250 pounds across from you, some big boys. Is he going to be able to learn as much wrestling and grappling as you need to be able to perform that in the octagon in a few months, right? He is a great athlete. He is special, no doubt about it. Uh, but I do want to start, uh, you know, with Sergey. He is seven and three uh, since entering the UFC with some of his wins over the most notable, my guy, Tai Tuivasa, uh, and also most recently to Derek Hotballs Lewis. Those are some big names. Those are staples in the division. Uh, Sergey is only 28 years old, so the fact that he's able to do, accomplish that already, man, exciting things here for this prospect. And it's one of those things, man. The polar bear when he gets his paws on you, it's almost inevitable. He's going to get you on the ground. He's going to beat you up, and it's really just a matter of time. And I think that's what scares me uh, in terms of picking against him here, because uh, I do have a feeling he could go out there, apply that nonstop gro- ground and pound pressure, uh, be slick. He's got that really good like hip toss judo takedown where he just is able to chuck this 250 pound man like he's a freaking pillow and throws him to the ground gets on top even has some submission victories in his uh, arsenal as well but again i'm gonna especially after seeing what sugar sean was able to do i'm gonna lean uh this striker on this one i think surreal gone is just so darn talented i think he has enough in the chamber i think he's made enough strides to be serviceable and when it comes to the wrestling defense 
And let's not forget that all these fights started up standing, right? And so when you look at Sergey uh, and some of his losses to way back when, a Walt Harris, a very talented striker, a Marcin Tabura, a very talented kickboxing striker, and a Tom Aspinall, just a well-rounded, athletic striker, badass here in the division. All equally, well, a, lot, a lot of similarities between these fighters, right? All equally big, athletic fighters that were just able to put away a Sergey. Um and with that being said, I think that's what's going to happen here. I think Spivak is still young in his career, still a bit green behind the gills. I don't think he is going to be able to deal with Cyril's control on his feet, the movement he possesses, and those strikes, man. I mean, these are some big boys. If he can act clean enough, it might be night, uh, night, night for our boy Sergey. He did have a great exchange with John Jones. I would love to see maybe that as sort of his launching pad if he could get through Cyril, but I'm just leaning the striker on this one, brother. I'm excited to hear you coach me up. I'm assuming you're going the other way, but uh, talk to me here. What are your thoughts? Uh, so, I mean, again, I, I have definite thoughts on this one. Um, great fight, honestly. As you said, the prolific striker versus the prolific grappler and the polar bear versus Bongamin. Uh, Bongamin definitely has some of the better footwork that we've ever seen in the heavyweight division. Um, I would say second only to maybe a Tom Aspinall or a Jalatin Almeida. Um that being said, he is one of the better kickboxers we've ever seen in the UFC in the heavyweight division specifically. Um, looking at his striking tendency, he tends to land uh, 89% of his strikes that he throws at distance um, compared to the 48% that Spivak lands. He also tends to absorb 90 94% of the strikes he's absorbed at distance, uh, whereas Spivak has a much lower percentage uh, absorbed at 72 Um Jumping into the the kind of striking efficiency stats, again, I mean, the the stats here are pretty darn even across the board. These guys are both very efficient with their striking. It's just very different, right? You have uh, Bongamin, a.k.a. Surreal Ghana, whose striking looks very crisp, very polished. And then you have the wrestler who's pawing at you, very much like a polar bear, right? He's throwing these overhands, he's pawing into you, and he's just trying to do damage. He doesn't need it to look pretty, he just needs it to hurt you. Um, and realistically, he's not trying to do any big damage from the stand-up. He's trying to get to a, a favorable position to where he can wrap his arms around you and get you to the ground. Now, speaking of taking you to the ground, takedown pace, okay? Per five minutes, Sergey Spivak averages 3.9 takedowns landed in the UFC per five minutes, okay? Change. Um, he's, on average, per five minutes in the UFC, and his... Uh, 10 fights in the UFC, he averages 5.9 attempts at a takedown per five minutes. Um, now, he's conceded less than half a takedown per five minutes on average, and he's faced more than 1.4 on average per five minutes. So, I mean, you can do what you want with those stats, but those are pretty damn damning, in my opinion, for, for Surreal Ghana. Um, and then if you look at the takedown tendencies, 27 He's, he's landed in his UFC career only, right? Sergey Spivak has landed 27 takedowns out of 41 attempted. He's attempted 41 takedowns in 10 fights. A lot of these fights did not go the distance, folks. Um, wow. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. For that's, a big boy, that is impressive. For, for a 260-pound man, that's fucking work, son. Um, now, he's conceded in his entire UFC career three takedowns. He's only been threatened with 10 of them. Okay, but that's still big. Okay, he's only faced 10, but he's only been 
taken down three times. And of those three times, he wasn't really controlled a whole lot. Now, across from him is a man who's only faced 11 takedowns and been taken down six times. It's a much bigger discrepancy there. You're talking about getting taken down about 50% of the time where people attempt to versus a third. Okay, that's big. And you're also facing someone that attempts almost six takedowns every five minutes. And in the entirety of your career, you've barely faced twice that many. So there's a blueprint to beat Cyril Ghana. And that blueprint has been being performed for about five, six years by the guy standing across from him tomorrow morning. Um, I, I just think stylistically, this is a terrible matchup for Cyril Ghana. Uh, if, if you wanted to hedge your bets and be super crazy smart, maybe do like, um, surreal Ghana by knockout in rounds three to through five, just because most of his wins come later. He likes to pepper. He doesn't have that one shot power early on. Bless you. Um, and across from him, you have someone that's a quick starter who will probably submit him early on. If he's going to submit him, I think uh, he'll probably submit him in the first two rounds or get a, a TKO via ground and pound. So those would be the hedged bets to make, in my opinion, but I'm leaning Spivak very heavily in this one. It's a great analysis, brother. I mean, I feel a bit foolish to be even thinking about going against uh, that great analysis. Because like you said, I mean, his success on, uh, and he being Sergey here, Spivak, the wrestler, man, I mean, his success on offensive wrestling and then his defensive prowess as well is, I mean, it's bar none. This guy's good as it gets here. And I mean, we're talking a short list of names here at the top of the of uh, Mount Everest here, right? I mean, because if you could get through someone like Gone, I mean, we're looking at a uh, the other Sergey, or we're looking at uh, Aspinall, maybe you know, getting um, you know, avenging that loss previously. But I, yeah, and I and I do think again, my only hesitation is just those those losses to an Aspinall, to a Walt Harris way back when, to a Tabura. They do kind of still linger in the back of my head where, hey, maybe it's in the first minute or like you said, maybe it's um, gone being able to weather the storm, being able to use his athleticism, although he gets taken down, although, you know, maybe he's losing in that control and the grappling department. He still might be able to catch him in that third, fourth round. He still has power. Maybe Sergey loses a little hitch in his step. Maybe he gets injured. You never know. A lot of things can happen. So I love this sport. I love this game. Um, But we know there's going to be violence and we know that someone's uh, going to be right there at the top of the of the peak as well, uh, knocking on the door for a title shot. So exciting stuff, man. As the, I think it was Guns N' Roses that said it. Knock, knock, knocking on Dana's door. Oh. Absolutely and, right um, there. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think you hit it right on the head. I think. I mean, if no matter who wins, it's title shot city, man. Uh, it's either title shot or, like you said, Sergey on Sergey violence, Sergey on Tom uh, rematch. You know, um, I'm here for it either way. Uh, with that being said, I mean, those are the most exciting fights that we have to go over here. Uh, we'll quickly go through our, our bets for this week. Let me go ahead and pull up. You know what? I usually let Nano lead. I'll go ahead and actually take the lead on this week. Why not? Why not? Let's see here. You're on a heater, baby. You're you're gone. You're reset. Let's hear it, brother. All right, here we go. Had to throw the little the little uh, you know grease guys here on, on the on the bets for those <laughs> watching visually. You know, fresh back from Athens uh, and Rome. Hercules, Hercules. Oh, dude, that's my favorite Disney movie of all time. Um, I'm actually gonna, I'm planning on having a little date night for me and Mary. Gonna pick up some uh, Greek beer. 
You know what I'm saying? Some mythos. Oh, here we go. Oh, Put on yes. Disney's Hercules. Dude, mythos is bomb. It's super mythos. good on draft. Dude, yes. Oh, my gosh. If I find that out here, I might need to go to BevMo or something. That is. They have it in Total Wine, I believe. I'm, I'm literally going to check Say tomorrow. Less. I'll let you know. Shout um, out. Go get it for the fights. Uh, so, jumping into my picks. Um, man, guys, let's, uh, let's go ahead and change the music here. Here we go. Here we go. Get some intensity going. Uh, so, we got a four-pick parlay for you. We got Jacqueline... Cavacante coming in against Zara Farron Dos Santos. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot to be said here. I'm not super confident in Zara Farron. I just think that she's wishy-washy. I think Jacqueline has shown a lot of a lot of prowess and uh, a lot of skill. I think this is a great step up for her. She's minus 375 point favorite here for a reason, and that's why I've got her on the parlay to kick it off. Uh, moving forward, we got Fareed Basharat coming in against Clayton Rodriguez. Literally the same reasons that I'm going against Zarn are the same reasons I'm going against Clayton. Uh, Clayton Rodriguez is, uh, I mean, he's, he's a good enough fighter, right? But realistically, he has been just, he struggled to find consistency, right? He, he came in on Dana White's Contender Series with a win over Santo Curatalo and then lost to CJ Vergara. Followed by that, he got the win over Shannon Ross. He got an early on TKO just 59 seconds in. I simply don't think it's going to go his way in this fight against ferocious Fareed Basharat. Fighting out of England, London, this man is on one hell of a streak. Uh, you could say he's untouchable considering he's 10-0. and 0. Uh, Again, Dana White's Contender Series alum. He beat Alan Bogoso to get his UFC contract. And then what happened? Just recently, March 4th, he beat... Daman, Daman Blackshear. Uh, you remember him, the guy that just got that recent big sub. Uh, and, you know, here he is. Ferocious Fareed. Second leg of the parlay. Moving forward, we got Morgan Charrier coming in against Manalo Zashini. Um, again, this person is a heavy favorite for an absolute reason. Morgan Charrier is... You know, a little bit of homegrown talent here. And, you know, we got to go for homegrown. The last pirate, Morgan Charrier, fighting out of Poissy, France. Uh, the hometown hero coming in against Manolo Zaccini. Manolo Angelo Veneziano Zaccini. Um, You know, I just visited his home country of Italy, but I'm betting against him. I mean, he beat Abubakar Tunkara at Vincatora FC. Before that, he beat Suksavan Kampasath. Uh, honestly, nobody knows who those guys are. I just wanted to really test myself and give myself an excuse to try and attempt those names. But, I mean, come on, guys. He he doesn't have any notable wins over big names. Um, and he's, again, someone who struggled to find consistency. He's 11-3. He's been knocked out. He's been submitted. He's gone to a decision and lost. Um, I, I just don't think that it's going to go well for him coming in against 18-9 Morgan Chaffier. He doesn't have the best record in the world, but again, he's on a three-fight win streak. Diego Silva being the most recent one that he beat. Um, I, I just think that Morgan, the last Pirate Charrier, has everything he needs to get the win on Saturday morning. So, moving forward, last but certainly not least, she's the beast, Manon Fior. Um, I have her on here for every reason. Not any reason, every reason. I think she beats the brakes off of Thug Rose. I think she's going to really just come in with a predatory instinct and just put her down. Um, 
wherever the fight goes. I think she can submit her, but realistically, I think she's going to knock her out. I think she has the most opportunity on the feet being a black belt in karate. She's got heavy hands. And when she connects with her legs, it does damage. I, I just don't think that Thug Rose is going to have much for her on the feet. She's going to be the smaller girl coming into this. And again, this is not the training wheels to go up to a new weight class, folks. This is not the right decision here. And that's why, moving into the next picks, we have another two-fight parlay for you. Um, you know, the, the folks so nice, we had to bet them twice. Manon Fior kicking us off. I got her to win by TKO, KO, DQ, or submission. That's We got plus 250 odds on that, folks. Apparently, people think that this is going to go to decision, and I don't think that those people could be any more wrong. Um, Thug Rose is resilient, but again, she's resilient at 115. This is a different weight class. This is a different ball game. And by golly, this is a different woman and a different beast altogether. That's why her nickname is the Beast, folks. She's going to get it done. Speaking of beasts, we got a straight-up polar bear coming in to finish it all off for us. And Sergey Spivak, I've got him to win via submission in the back of my mind. But you know what? As I was about to place this bet, I thought to myself, what happens if he gets on top of him and he just starts mauling him and he gets an early doctor stoppage or an early ref stoppage? Well... TKO, KO, DQ, or submission. Double the pleasure, double the fun, double your odds to win, son. Plus 200 on that one. Coming in at plus 950 odds for that two-pick parlay. We're betting two units to win 13.6. And that is my picks for the week. Nano, what you got for us? Wow, hard to follow that one up, but Jive Turkey's back in action, and we're going to win this week. Hey, man, it's looking good for me. I'm putting all my eggs back in one basket here like a Jive Turkey should, okay? Now we're not spreading the wealth. We're going to keep it one. We're going to keep it concise, and we're going to take the three main uh, fights here, the Coco, the Co, and the main events of the evening. And I feel like I got some pretty good odds here. You know, even though you're back here in the States, only we could not be farther apart here. You might as well be back in Greece, brother, on the opposite side of the world, because we are on two sides of the fence here. I'm going to start off the card with a little sweetness, a little Benoit Saint-Denis to get the win here in his home turf, to make a statement here in the division in a stacked 155-pound uh, weight class against a grizzled veteran, a young gun, Thiago, Thiago Moises, who has been in there with some big names. And unfortunately, the next big name that's going to go through Thiago, going to make his way into the top 15 or at least be knocking on heaven's door, like we like to say around here. Give me Benoit Saint-Denis in his hometown. Oh, man, I'd love to see a knockout, but I do think this can go to decision because Thiago Moises is a tough cookie. Next up, it's Thug Rose time, baby. What do you expect? I mean, we gave her her roses earlier. She's a straw, ex-strawweight champion two times. Um, yes, she fell a little flat last performance. But hey, when you fall flat in your face, you got to get back up, right? And you pick yourself up from those bootstraps and you find a way to dig deep and make it happen. She's got one of the best coaches in the game, Trevor Whitman. And then she has her coach slash lover, Pat Barry, also very smart. Hopefully they could keep her motivated here and head in the right place because I think Talent-wise, she has all the tools. Now, let's not get it twisted. Manon Fior is an absolute savage. There is a really good chance that she can go in there and beat the brakes off Thug Rose. I mean, Thug Rose is a dog, but I love my underdogs, and I will never bet against my girl Thug Rose. I think she's, I think she's one of the best female fighters of all time, and I think if she goes in here and she gets a, a win over Manon, makes a shot, knocks on the door for the title, my, my golly B. She's going to make history. So give me that narrative. Give me Rose. 
last but certainly not least, we're going to go our boy Surreal Gown. I'm going the striker here in this match. The reality is, it's a toss-up. I mean, I am getting good odds here. I do remember way back when you were able to get Surreal Gown against a Taito Ivasa at like minus 300. Was listening to my UFC, uh, you know, bet picks earlier today. So that was a fresh one on top of mine. So not as good odds here. Again, it is going to be a close and competitive fight against somebody who has been proven to be able to take you down like a polar bear and just grizzle you away. But that's not going to happen. Okay. Sorogon is going to be like Jackie Moon is against uh, that bear in the cage of um, Semi Pro. Another movie reference here for you. Not necessarily. I mean, Surreal is going to face the 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 bear. Okay, he, it may not end well. He's going to be running around a lot. He's going to be you know moving, chugging, jipping, and jiving, dodge, dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Using a lot of movie references here now. All to say that I think Surreal is going to find a way to get it done. I think his footwork. I think that his uh, octagon control, and I do think that his variety of strikes, whether it's the kicks, whether it's just frankly being able to throw a. a good combo together i do think that he's going to find a way to put some leather on sergey's chin and get him back to the drawing board and hopefully back to some good sparring some good kicking get your your uh, hands up because we know you could wrestle but man you got to be able to strike with these boys you got to be able to throw some kicks you got to be able to move and this surreal gone is for real give me him by money line decision baby and we out two units for 13.4 13.4 Pretty juicy. Almost as juicy as yours, but you know what? I'm liking it, man. We're gonna see somebody's gonna be uh somebody's gonna be very excited and somebody's gonna be here next week very sad. Hopefully it's not me. <laughs> Absolutely. I fucking love to hear it, man. Uh beautiful breakdown, beautiful picks. Can't be mad at it. And uh with that being said, we've broken down both cards. Um, but we did want to talk about one more topic of discussion here. We have EA UFC five. Drop the teaser on us, hot and fresh off the press. Found out that the release date is going to be in October, apparently. So it's going to be a very short beta rollout. Uh, the beta rollout, beta codes are actually expected to start rolling out this week. Um, some people are saying that the codes might be coming out as early as this weekend. So keep an eye out for that. Um, if you didn't already sign up for the beta codes, look look up online. I believe the registration is still open. Um, you just have to have a next-gen system. So Xbox Series X or uh, PS5. Um, th- that's what's one they're on with the PlayStation, right? PS5? Yes, sir. Cool. So a PS5 or an Xbox Series X. Um, obviously, I'm an Xbox guy. Um, so yeah, if you have one of those, just sign up online. It's free. They will send you a thing. Um, typically, you get selected more often than not, as long as you you know follow through whenever you do get selected and send them updates and, and things that are working, things that could be better. These are things that help the game. So... That being said, guys, um, super excited for this game. Big fan of the UFC games in general. And this one is, uh, I mean, it's promising a lot of new bells and whistles, man. A lot of new features, a lot of different things. Don't know if you've kept up on it or not, but let's go ahead and dive right into it. So first things first, it is going to look better no matter what you think of the game, no matter how you think of the game. It's going to look better because it is on an all new game engine. So it is actually moving to the Frostbite engine, which is a much, much better engine. Um, it's what a lot of the next-gen system gaming is done on. And that being said, shadows are going to look better. Consistency, um, textures are going to look better. Blood is going to look better. Cuts, things like that. Motion rendering and smoothing is going to look a lot better. Um, 
I mean, that's the biggest kind of like flashy new thing is is just like visually wise, Frostbite Engine is going to make everything better. Um, that being said, there are some gameplay things that I'm very excited about too. Um, those things are Dr. Stoppages are apparently being added to the game. Whoa. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's crazy. Are are you still able? And and this is somebody who, unfortunately, I haven't even played UFC four. I don't think. Maybe when I came over to your house, I don't know if you even have that or if that might have been UFC if it, three. If it's been that long ago, oh no, we've we've played UFC four. Okay, okay. Well, then <laughs> that in mind, um, I am curious. Yeah, I mean, can you still uh, mess with the settings where you can maybe put their chin down, or you can kind of mess with like. You know, if you want to go longer, right? Can you mess with anything you can, like that? You can still? mess with damage modifiers and things like that to where like you okay. have more stamina okay. or you can take more damage and things like that. But um interesting. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess that's that's as hey, that's it, right? It's real. I mean, if it's a good cut, I guess I'd be curious to know how many actual shots it'll take, or if it's just a really clean elbow or a head kick that and I guess now that I'm thinking about it, I hope it doesn't become one of those annoying things where a doctor's coming in, checking it. You're like trying to get it in mid fight, and well, when doctors to come in, you know, I hope maybe maybe you could skip through some of that, or I don't know. I'm actually excited about it. That is fun. That is fun. I can just see the the trolls being like, "Oh, dude, it's annoying." Like, you know, especially if you're beating up on your little brother or something, and it's like you're just elbowing the same spot in his eyes. You're, okay, you're they're like gonna down 190 significant strikes, <laughs> and then you land a three piece elbow combo and win by doctor stoppage. <laughs> they're pissed off. Like that was too quick. It's like okay, well, you know, I mean, that's pretty. Like, realistic I was beating here. him for literally like 14 <laughs> minutes, and yeah. then he just elbowed me three times. <laughs> yeah, so I think I think that's awesome. I think that'll be fun. That's a fun element. And like you said, the graphics, I mean, the the new um system it's on, I mean, that's all going to make for more real, more realism, just looking cooler, looking nastier. More violence is always better for me. So I'm excited, man. This might get me back online. Let's go. Absolutely, man. Uh and I mean, again, there's there's a couple of other things, right? Like um I know that they had released some of the fighters that are going to be pre-order fighters, um, mm. as well as let's see. let me pull up the Twitter. There was a guy that actually posted a lot of really good news for it. Five. Um, but in oh, the wow. meantime, one of the things I know for sure is there's going to be referee interactions with fighters and referee stoppages. So like beforehand, when you're on top, you're ground and pounding somebody. It's just like, boom, the fight ends. Now there's going to be like a Herb Dean tackling you to get you off the guy. So, I mean, nice again, uh, in my opinion, just a lot more immersion, a lot more fun to be to be had with that. Um, I'm almost hoping I, to hear like some of that, like, hey, I want to see you get active. I want to see a move or something. Right. Even that little line would be really cool. Uh, add to the realism. And then, yeah, jumping in. I mean, it's that's real. That's how it is. You can only take so many if you're not blocking yourself, if you're not trying to move. I mean, that, that's what it's all about, man. And if you get a good cut. I did quickly type in UFC pre-ordered fighters on uh, Google, the old El Goog or Google here. And it does look like three names that are really exciting to see. Uh, Mike Tyson. Okay. Fyodor Emelianenko. Fyodor Emelianenko, the legend OG. And then Muhammad Ali, another goat, obviously. But man, that'd be fun as hell. I'd be wondering if their uh, leg strikes are just zero <laughs> or if they give them some sort of kickboxing pedigree. But um, So when they had Tyson Fury in and when they had um, Deontay Wilder, or no, it was Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury in the last one. 
Um, their leg kicks are trash, but their boxing is incredible. Just um, piecing you up. Yeah. And back in EA UFC three, they had three versions of Mike Tyson. Um, so they had heavyweight Mike Tyson, they had light heavyweight Mike Tyson, and they had current aged heavyweight Mike Tyson, like the bald head, the face tat. Oh shit. Um, and that's cool. His like quick twitch movement was f- a fucking cheat code. Um, uh, you counter, you just right out bro, the center line, and then you just like off the center line, just digging body hooks. It just disgustingly good, dude. Just cuts your stamina um, bar in half. Ooh, jeez, <laughs> what and was I mean, that? Your boy's already been practicing with Muhammad Ali on the undisputed boxing game uh, on, on Steam. Jeez. Definitely got to definitely got to show you some clips of that. It's wildly fun. Please do. Um, but yeah, dude, it's uh it's a great time. I think those pre-orders are going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Fyodor Milenko. Come on. Come on. Come on. That's exciting as hell. Um, I also am hearing rumors that there's going to be two cover cover athletes. There's going to be Alexander Volkanovsky and Valentina Shevchenko. I don't understand why Valentina Shevchenko is the cover athlete when, like, if you need a woman on the cover... Jung Wiley is a much better candidate. She's a current 100%. champion. 100%. She's, she's done more in recent years. Um, and she gets eyes on a new country for the UFC, which obviously has been a goal for them from a marketing standpoint. Uh, I, I just don't understand it. Like, how hard is it to shoot and, and redo these? Like, you haven't already printed a ton of labels for this game. The game's not out until October, mid-October. Like, that is what, interesting. What maybe they're maybe they're trying to predict the future here because I, I will say if Valentina wins and it's decisive against my girl Alexa Grasso, then, then it's a beautiful then, thing. Then it looks then it looks you know quite interesting again. But yeah, I guess you but know. What if someone, she loses to Alexa Grasso? That's just disrespectful to yeah, her. Yeah, it looks even worse. Yeah, that does not age well. It's like leaving your milk out for too long; it'll spoil real quick. Um, and no one likes that cottage cheese. So yeah, I, I do feel like there's maybe a little bit of an opportunity miss to get. The global, you know, Zhang Wei Li, the the star right now. What's up, everybody? You know, uh, making her way, making her impression. Even just getting Amanda Nunes a goat. I don't know if she was on any of the previous versions, but if she never was, getting her on there would have been fun. Just as kind of like a goat edition or something. Um, since she did retire this year, that would have been a cool nod. Uh, and I think Izzy is is. Uh, Israel Adesanya is he on like a bonus cover or something? Was that whispered or did I read that wrong? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's on the uh, pre-order cover, I believe, or the even deluxe that, edition. Even that feels like ah, uh, I think he literally was just on it with Jorge. Why don't we get some new blood in there? Sugar Sean would have been a cool one. Now that he's champ, that would have been phenomenal. Get some color in there, but that's just the Sugar Sean fan in me. Um, but I would like to see anybody else though. I mean, John back on there, although maybe not favorable, but. There's some new champs. I mean, anybody in there, Leon, you know, some of the new names, new faces would have been fun to see. Would have been nice. The BMF and Dustin, you know, something. Oh, dude, absolutely. That's That would be awesome. Um, one thing I am curious to hear is if if you had your way, just dream scenario, um, are there any specific like modes or fighters that you would add? Modes... Like for I mean, me, do they example? I, I would I would put in Pride mode. Like you gotta have a Pride. Oh, mode. oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, to go to like Pride rounded um, rules kicks. of the yeah yeah even the arena and everything that would be sick. Blue gloves. Get, get that would be cool. Back on the commentary. Yeah, even if it's just like an unlockable like um, or, or arena make it a, make or something. It a paid DLC. I would pay ten bucks for that. 
That's fair. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Like, might as well. Uh, what was it? The boxing, it. the boxing game. Um, was it undisputed champion or something like that? Or I don't know. The mm. the last like EA boxing game though, uh, Fight Night, Fight Night Champion. They had a bare knuckle mode, and and oh, shoot, it was That's cool. it was like eight, it was like eight bucks even back then, and I was like, dude, I don't have money, but I'm gonna spend eight bucks on this. That's it. So I was whooping people's ass with Manny Pacquiao. Let's go. That's like so you take cool. the round duration off. You play pl- like prison rules, man. You just like basically are fighting to the death. People are looking like aliens by the end of those fights. Oh, that's wow. sick. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, and the cool thing there with Pride, then you could bring back some of those Vanderlays, um, uh, Mirko Krokop back in the day, just make them OP. Uh, but yeah, I guess I don't know. In terms, now I'm thinking, man. In terms of names or, or OGs you'd like to see back on. I mean, they've already done a lot of those, you know, uh, Don Fry's or Mark Coleman, some of them, but maybe even just some of the more recently retired guys. I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously getting like Anderson Silva on there would be cool to get back, you know, a prime Anderson versus a prime Izzy to kind of just run it. Khabib would be a fun one to just get back on there. Um, a vintage GSP. Uh, let's see. Who are some fun ones? Who's like a... Um, I don't know. You got to have someone here. You probably have a few in the chamber. What are you thinking? I mean, GSP would obviously be fun. Uh, Randy Couture would be a really, really nice one to have. Um, obviously, Liddell. I mean, that's a no brainer. Liddell, you got to have like uh, the legends. I feel like have to make appearances, right? You got to have your Rashad Evans. You got to have your Stefan. Bo- I'd love to see Stefan Bonner back. That'd be uh, sick. Stephen Bonner, Cain Forrest Griffin, Kane Velasquez, um, Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse would be fun. Yes. Gotta have Mighty Mouse. And then I guess even if you're getting like more, I guess, out of the universe here, because if, I don't know, I mean, if thinking like even Mortal Kombat or other games, you know, you get some of those characters in there, it would be fun. I mean, I think Bruce Lee's been in there in the past. Um, yeah. I mean, like a Chuck Norris or trying to oh, think of somebody cool. else new school. Uh, oh, man, who, who's like a fictional guy we like to see in there or non fictional? Like a, uh, uh, who's like somebody new? There. Like I a mean, Baki? No. <laughs> I mean, like if, if we're talking like anime characters, King and Ashura would be incredible. Any of the King and Ashura people. Okay, um, there we any go. Any Naruto characters, like bring it on. If we're talking like real life people, I feel like it would be fun to have like a Johnny Lawrence and a Daniel Karate Kid, huh? That like, makes you sense. know what I mean. Like that makes sense. The final season of that is coming out very soon. Let's, let's just throw these boys in here. Let's have fun. Um, you want to you want to appease to a different crowd? Throw Captain America in there and and uh, Tony Stark. Civil War. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, there, there's talking. so many there's so many different things that you could do. Um, and I mean, Blood and Bone, uh, or who's the other guy? The um, oh yes, the other uh, guy, Michael the, J. Uh, White. Yes, Michael J. White, or the other guy with the goatee, Yuri um, Boyka. Legend. Dude, if they put Yuri Boyka in there, I would die. That'd be so sick. I oh, would genuinely so die in the best way. That's um, probably my bet right there. Like that's and like, like you said, on. it's like a prison style. Like maybe that's like you get popped for some uh, pictograms or something. You get sent to prison <laughs> and then and then you gotta go fight him and Michael J. White <laughs> and Kimbo. Dude, that would be absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. That's my vote. That would be amazing. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm excited. I guess September can't come soon enough, man. I'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts and everybody in the world, what what they think of it. 
and yeah, hopefully they do it justice. Hopefully they, they fix some of the things that, you know, are commonly asked for. Um, curious to know if they make any changes to the ground game or anything like that. But as long as they can use some more of the motion sensing, you know, because I think that the common complaint with like the Maddens or the NBA games that come out is that granted it's every year, but it just feels like it's always clunky or they release it too quick. Or even it's just like, it's just very similar to the one before. So give us something a little new. Um, you know, make some changes even to like the um, the player mode or something like that. Or, you know, the ability to be a coach or to combine different disciplines. You know, maybe some more creativeness there would be fun. Um, but yeah, man, I'm open to anything. I mean, again, I, I'm someone that hasn't played enough video games in the last few years, unfortunately. But if they do it justice here and there's some good hype around this game, I might be back on, baby. Definitely will whenever we're hanging out, that's for sure. But Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm super excited for that one. I'm also super excited for the new Mortal Kombat that's coming out, too. I think that one will be a really good one. Yeah, that's um, sick. Eric here in the chat, we need a 1FC game. I want to play Muay Thai. Let's no, I'm go. Not mad at it. I'm not mad at it, bro. I mean, you give me a Muay Thai game and... Let's go. And that could be a fun setting as well. You know, have a Muay Thai background, have a boxing. You get in there with, you know, you could throw Dustin to fight. Or let's see, who's the light heavyweight? Oh, man. I'm trying to think who would Rafael represent. Rafael Fazeev. Well, I was trying to think if we already know there's Fedor or we already know there's Tyson and, and Muhammad, who would be representing MMA in those realms? And Ngannou, I guess, could be fun. Um Oh man, who's a? I mean, Couture, Liddell, I guess someone that you know. I mean, like, those would be fun names, dude. Like uh, honestly, who who would be a really? But do oh, it in dude, a boxing Sunshine. ring. Put Sunshine oh, in the game. Oh yes, yes. Or put Buaka in the game, dude. Some Muay Thai legends. If yes. we could get some of those guys. Oh, you know what? While we're on that, while we're on that topic, real quick, how do we feel about those two bare knuckle boxing in the near future? Is that a thing, that? or are you just? That's a oh, thing. No. That's a thing. Oof. Sanchai and Buaka are going to have a bare knuckle boxing match. Two of the greatest Muay Thai legends of all time are going to box without gloves Dear on. Goodness. I don't know. Sounds sounds like the ultimate street fight. Sounds like What's up, Cookie? Welcome to the stream. What's up? That sounds scary, man. I mean, I will obviously pay to watch it. Don't get it twisted. But man, that is a lot of violence, a lot of blood, a lot of cuts, probably the doctor stoppage. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know, man. Craziness. I'm 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 very intrigued for that fight. Um, very excited for that fight. And then uh, one quick last thing before we jump off and call it a day. Again, not sure if you've seen this news, but uh, I'm sure you've seen Ben the Bane Davis on Twitter. Very funny guy. Um, yes, up and coming yes. media dude. Legend. Um, definitely a good dude. We've chatted quite a few times. Uh, he has a boxing match coming up on the next big influencer boxing card against uh, someone that you might have heard of. Anderson Silva's son. Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> yes. How did he get roped into that? Bane, my guy. How did this happen, uh, brother? Good best of luck to you out there. That's awesome. I'm assuming he's been training for a while. And, and and I feel like I heard he was on the Tim Welch show, and I think he's been with the Schmo as well before, done some yeah. pods. But he has done some training, no, but man, I didn't realize he's in that in that realm. Let's go. Yeah, he uh he is he is going to be fighting against uh, Gabriel Silva. Um, very very interesting stuff, man. It is on the Misfits Boxing 009 card. I'm I'm very very thrown off by it, but um, 
wishing Ben the Bane Davis all the best luck. It's terrifying for him, but, uh, you know, this guy steps up more than Dylan Danis does. So good for him. Absolutely. I give him props. My goodness. I mean, that's, yeah, that's going beast mode. I'd love to see what he does. He, I mean, and I'm trying to look on his Twitter real quick, see if there's anything of him training or anything. I mean, I mean, he uh, sort of roasting his own physique at times here, but yeah, I mean, Hey man, he's just, he's uh, gonna pull up a video of his announcement real quick. We'll, We'll play that. Yeah, Eric said, yeah, he was on the fight companion with Schwab and he was looking thick uh, with three C's. <laughs> Don't know how much training happened. Um, I think he drank like a whole 12 pack of Modelo on that thing. Oh, jeez. Uh, it's yeah, part it was, of the was, thick boys. It was good times. It was good times. Um, <laughs> let's uh, change the backdrop here. That way I can go ahead and present. Share screen. What's going on, guys? It's official. I keep doing dumb things just because fighting Gabriel Silva on Misfits 09. Yes, the Gabe Silva, son of mixed martial arts icon, arguably the GOAT, Anderson the Spider Silva. Now, I've looked into this kid. Um, He's talented, right? I'm not going to take that away from him. He's an amazing challenge for me. He's got some serious combat sports experience. He's got the height, the weight. Obviously, Anderson and Khalil are going to be training him up for this one, but... Um, I think I can beat him. I truly believe that I've got the tools and we've got the right game plan. Myself and head coach Seth Showtime Wheeler here in Arizona. Uh, We've analyzed. We've broken this down. And I know what to do over the course of four three-minute rounds to get my hand raised in Newcastle, England. Listen, I'm not here for a participation trophy. I'm here to get the W and keep my career rolling outside of the broadcasting booth. I'm a play-by-play by trade, but I'll put the fists up when I need to. So, Gabe Silva, you better watch the fuck out. What's going on, guys? It's official. Oh, wow. So, what Gabe a promo. Silva, you better watch the fuck out. <laughs> Let's go. What a G. Building That's the name. Building the name. Say my name. Say my name. Hey, I'll be watching then. That gives me a reason to, to tune in. I mean, it, it'll be one of the... Actually, no. It'll be the first like Misfits boxing event that I will be paying attention to. Uh, so... Job well done by Misfits promotion. Uh, and God, I'm I'm super stoked for Ben the Bane Davis, man. Um, either way, if he goes out there and lasts or even puts on a fight against him, it'll be a win, right? Like media guy against the legend's uh, son. My only fear is what happens if his son gets sick and then uh, they call Ben and they're like, well, the bad news is Gabriel's sick. The good news is Anderson's willing to step in on short notice. He has a, um, that's hilarious, dude. He has a topology. <laughs> oh, yeah, because uh, they already had him step in on short notice for the last big grappling event, and he went against a fucking black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu who reaped his uh, ankle and, and put him in a oh, cast. Yeah, he lost ankle lock 13 seconds. Oh, my gosh. Like, wow. I mean, look, it's, this is a pro fight. Yeah, I it's, mean, it's this great is... on Ben for taking that fight, okay? Terrible on his opponent for ankle ankle locking him like that's a cheap shot move to go like ben is a fucking white belt (laughs) what are you doing right right the dick move (laughs) that'd be like if you were like hey do you want like do you want a light spar and i open with like my meanest Uh, fucking roundhouse (laughs) kick to your rib cage i'm 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 just a bad person if i do that (laughs) 
<laughs> just sending a direct message right away. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice aye. and light for technique. Boom. <laughs> Craziness. So maybe we'll have to break down his fight, but that's, um, man. Shout out, shout out, Bane. Uh, ben, the Bane Davis breakdown. If we, I mean, I'm looking forward. We can break down the boxing one. I think if we did a breakdown of that jujitsu match, it would be the shortest breakdown in the history of breakdowns, though. True. Won't need much time for that one. <laughs> uh, well, that being said, guys, um, if you didn't know, now you know. We appreciate you all for stopping by. That pretty much wraps up going over UFC Singapore and wrapping right into UFC Paris. Um, make sure you wake up bright and early. It is another early fight time. It's actually going to be starting tomorrow morning. The prelims kick off at 9.30 a.m. The main card starts at noon Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you tune in on ESPN Plus and make sure you tune in here on Tuesday at 8. We'll be doing the breakdown of what takes place tomorrow then. Um, And as always, we don't care if you're big, small, large, tall, boy, girl, anything in between. As long as you identify as a fight fan, then you fit right in here, folks. Uh, keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive, and we will see you next time. Same time, same place.